Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AG Podcast. Um, we'll be right back with today's guest. But first, we want to recognize our partners, the global community of women in high school sports, and we coach. Both of these organizations are excellent resources for athletic directors and coaches, and both are promoting uh, women coaches, women athletic directors. Um, go to wecoachsports.org. Uh, and also go to globalcommunityofwomeninsports.org to find out exactly how you can get involved and help support these two great organizations, Global Community of Women in High School Sports and We Coach. And now let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank the good folks at SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and see how their fundraising platform can help you raise thousands of dollars. Our coaches used SnapRaise and it was just fantastic. Uh, you can get away from the fundraising headaches of the past. There's no selling, there's no inventory. Uh, as an athletic director, you know what's going on, but you don't have to be involved. And best of all, it works. Choosing the best fundraiser for you and your group is critical and you should put the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference to work for you. It's easy, it's safe, and it works. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars they've helped schools raise just like yours. Grow your program with Snap Raise. Change your fundraising game plan and start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com to get started. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate revenue for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and check out their indoor scoring tables and video boards. Uh, you can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. Uh, again, email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Huddle is how the world sees sports. Go to huddle.com and see how over 200,000 teams across 40 sports are using Huddle to help their teams and their athletes play better using video and analytics. As a high school football coach, I used Huddle for years. And as a high school athletic director, our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just love the um, Mobile accessibility, they love the smart cameras and the ability to program them. Of course, they love the analytics, but there is so much more. Huddle provides a complete solution at professional grade quality for clubs, for high schools and colleges, and even professional teams. Go to huddle.com and find out how your school can become a Huddle school. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. That's huddle.com to get started. We also want to say thank you to Gipper. Go to gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. Go to gipper.com, mention the podcast, use the code ADPOD10, that's ADPOD10, and get 10% off. Go to gipper.com and create custom branded content for your school's social media channel. 
That's Gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in forms and registration. But Final Forms is so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final Forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication and even help with their certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And with Final Forms, your data is secure. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Hometown Ticketing. Go to hometownticketing.com and they will show you how to start selling your tickets online digitally. They'll teach you how to scan your attendees and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you will have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to sell tickets for all other types of events like school dances or theater performances, uh, music presentations, even graduation. Go to hometownticketing.com and start selling your tickets digitally. That's hometownticketing.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their entire library of interactive touchscreen consoles and their templates that will help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. The Touchstone Touch uh, consoles, uh, touchscreen consoles are so cool and they help showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame to get started. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're just going north of the state line into Georgia, and our guest today is Kelly Smith. Kelly's a certified athletic administrator, uh, almost has her CMAA, uh, and she's the athletic coordinator for the Henry County School District in McDonough, Georgia. Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Well, uh, we're excited to hear what's going on in, uh, in your district. Um, as you know, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us the Kelly Smith uh, story in about four minutes. Uh, <laughs> maybe take us up through the college uh, years, and then we'll take a break, and then come back and hear about your early career. So uh, what's the Kelly Smith origin story? Well, Jake, I actually grew up in Florida. So, um, uh, you know, I didn't move to Georgia until I went to college. So um, involved in youth sports and, you know, uh, grew up in a rural area on a lake. So we, we were very active. We were outside. We didn't spend any time inside the house. Um, if, if we weren't in a school building, then we were outdoors. Um, I fell in love with athletics, uh, obviously through youth sports, but, but absolutely head over heels. Um, 
I was at cheerleading tryouts um, heading into my ninth grade year and the head football coach came and said, uh, you don't want to be a cheerleader. And I said, I don't. And he said, nope, you want to be a football manager and trainer. And he hooked me over to um, working with the football team. And um, the, the moment I stepped, I think I was 13 years old on that, that field on a Friday night lights. Yes, I was hooked. And just the whole atmosphere of it, you know, just being aware of all the components um, that, that go into an athletic event. Um, I transitioned into um, uh, high school sports, um, otherwise uh, track, softball, um, but also statistician for the basketball team. Every season I was in something. I, I couldn't just go home from school. I had to be involved and loved all the different aspects you know, from that, um, you know, back in the day, uh, as a manager and trainer, we didn't have athletic trainers, you know, on campuses. And so I taped, I wrapped, I treated injuries, I kept up the equipment, I was the equipment manager, I fixed things that that broke all the things. Uh, I remember one summer painting the sled, um, and even painting the lockers in the locker room. So, um, you know, just just really got that mentorship from um, my coaches and um, grew up in a small town. So we, we really were able to forge those great relationships. Um, did not continue with sports in college, um, you know, formal sports, but I did um, play intramurals. I played football, flag football and um, softball. Had a great time with that um, all four years at George Southern. And um, at George Southern in those days, you know, all we did was win, win, win. So had a lot of fun going to football games, baseball games, basketball games as well. Well, um, as a longtime football coach, you know, I certainly know the uh, value of that quality manager. And uh, I think a lot of athletic directors came out of that managerial experience, as you alluded to, uh, you see all those behind the scenes activities, you know, equipment, facilities, you know, taping ankles, you know, again, I'm old enough as a football coach to remember before we had trainers like you. So what a cool, cool experience. And as you mentioned, back in that day, uh, Georgia Southern, uh, you know, I, I can't think of any other way to express it. All they did was win. So that <laughs> had to be a great experience. What's a, what's a Georgia Southern athletic moment that really sticks out for you? Um, Honestly, um, two of them went my freshman year watching the first national championship game and being terribly behind going into halftime and then coming out of that and just coming from that um, uh, being down and then winning that game. Um, um, you know, then in the middle of the night, going to the airport in Savannah to greet the team um, when they came back, that was pretty monumental. Um, just, you know, the, the underdog team that, that just, you know, took the, the nation by storm and then being able to be there to um, welcome them back. That was pretty amazing. And then um, in the fall, after I graduated, um, fall of 89 was the perfect season when they were 15 and 0 and actually played the national championship game on our home field in Paulson Stadium. And so I got to rush the field with the rest of the thousands of people that were there and bring down the goalposts and all that stuff. Now as an athletic administrator, I'm like, oh my gosh, well, that was poor game management. But um, actually um, in a moment like that, what else do you do? You know, you, you kind of have to just join the excitement. And, and it was, it was truly incredible. And that was my first year of teaching. So, you know, I had gone back to that game 
So a lot of a lot of great moments in between those four years. But you know, my freshman year definitely, um, you know, going to that airport and welcoming them back, and then bringing down those goalposts. Oh wow! So if we go to YouTube and look up that uh, national championship game, there's going to be some grainy video of you storming the field, right? Absolutely. And one of my best friends from Florida, um, we we grew up in Keystone Heights, Florida. Um, he was the punter um, for the football team, and and you know, long time um, radio announcer, um, content, you know, for for the team. Um, to this day, uh, but he was on the field and I was trying to get to him, you know, to give him a big hug. And I remember, you know, being unaware of the people just swirling all around me and then seeing the goalposts coming down, you know, like right above me. So um, definitely, I'm sure there's some very poor quality video and I've seen some pictures of the mob and, and I'm in there somewhere. Yeah, that, that that sounds like a a good workshop. Uh, you know, things <laughs> I did uh, that I don't want to do at my school. Okay, absolutely. For our listeners, our guest today is Kelly Smith. She's a certified athletic administrator, and she's the athletic coordinator for the Henry County School District in Georgia. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank our good friends at Hometown Ticketing for their support of the podcast. Go to hometownticketing.com, and they're going to show you how to begin selling your tickets online. They'll teach you how to scan your attendees and collect your revenue. That's certainly important. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support just for you. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how you can sell digital tickets for things like school dances and uh, theater performances, music concerts, even graduation. That's hometownticketing.com, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Hometownticketing.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest is Kelly Smith from Henry County Schools in Georgia. Uh, Kelly, you kind of took us up uh, through the college years there at Georgia Southern, rushing the field and all that. Uh, tell our listeners about, you know, that early career path. Uh, I'm going to guess there was some teaching and coaching involved. And then what was the decision to uh, come over to the other side of the desk as an athletic director? Well, I uh, began teaching and, you know, went into it just, you know, as we all do, going to save the world and, um, you know, have an impact. And of course, we all find out that the impact is on us um, by those students and, and those wonderful people that we get to work with. But um, started teaching, just set out to do that. And my principal came to me on uh, Tuesday of homecoming week and um, told me he was hiring me to be the cheerleading coach um, because he had a need and had let his coaches go. And so, uh, yeah, I showed up at practice that afternoon and we prepared for pep rally and just hit the ground running. And this was in Georgia before uh, cheerleading was a competitive sport recognized by the State Association. Um, but, you know, we did all things um, cheer. And then as we grew into a sport, I uh, became um, aware with a, another group of ladies that, that I coached with across the um, Southwest Georgia area uh, that we needed an organization. Um, to help um, educate and, and um, you know, network. And so we formed the Georgia Cheer Coaches Association 
um, in the early 90s uh, to, to be a support um, body and to, to help our sport grow um, and continued along that path and coached for 30 years and um, cheerleading. And as I said, you know, spirit, the spirit always was a huge aspect of it game day experience and, and using the, the cheerleaders as ambassadors of the school, promote that sportsmanship and school spirit. Um, and then, um, you know, transitioning um, from there into um, athletic um, director responsibilities versus an assistant athletic director, primarily working with opportunities for kids, um, scholarships, bringing scholarships to kids, um, awards, recognitions. That's always been a big um, part of my body of work. And then um, event planning and management, um, one, of, one of my favorite things to do. Um, and so then I became athletic director at the school um, at which I taught and coached, um, continued coaching um, in the, the, the first years of that. And, um, you know, what a great combination uh, I, I know a, a lot of people when I would join the circle of of um, athletic directors and everybody's talking about what they coached and I said I coached here they would look at me like oh great you know um, where'd she come from um, but actually the work is so uh, layered uh, you know because you are a cheerleader for your school when you're an athletic director and the the skills that that I developed as a coach and really promoting um, school spirit school pride and overall um, coordination of different groups for an event, um, I, I felt like um, was great practice um, to move me into the role. And um, there, there's always that, you know, I love my cheer parents. So if any of them listen to this podcast, I have nothing but love for them over the 30 years that I coached. Um, and I always opened my meetings with, um, you know, I, I will not believe everything your daughter says about you if you don't believe everything she says about me when she comes home mad at me as a coach. Um, and, and I always also told the joke, um, what's the difference between a pit bull and a cheer parent? The pit bull will let go. Um, so we, 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 we tried to establish that rapport right off the bat and, and it really did help transition with um, the, the AD role and, and solving problems and, and talking parents through situations uh, so I thought it was great training for that. Funny story, though, about me being a cheer coach. Uh, I, I went back and asked my principal years later um, why he asked me to be a cheer coach. And he told me it was because I had uh, a really nice bulletin board. So in the early days, we really were just sign makers and brownie bakers. I'm so glad that the, the cheerleading, um, as we know it, has evolved so tremendously and can offer much more to the school um, community environment. I, I don't think I've ever heard that uh, <laughs> sign makers and brownie bakers. Uh, I'm glad you brought up the uh, the cheer parent uh, stigma because uh, any athletic director will tell you and we and as you said, we love all of our parents. Uh, cheer parents are you know somewhat uh, unique. Uh, but again, as a cheer coach, obviously you're dealing with that directly. Uh, and as an athletic director, you know how important it is to have a, a great person in, in charge of that cheer program. I got a question for you. Um, in my many years as an AD, I was blessed with some great, great cheerleading coaches. Every single one of them, they had their cheerleading manual uh, for the participants 
And they had a system of points and demerits. And I asked uh, them each, I said, no other sport does this. So we are either all wrong or <laughs> maybe you need to look at not having demerit. So what's your thought on the cheer demerit uh, connection? I did not do um, demerits and points or any of those things. I believe in natural consequences. And I believe that, um, you know, you, you can get the results that you want um, by having the expectations and clearly communicating those expectations. And I believe in, in peer accountability. And, and so, you know, I had some pretty simple rules um, for, for my cheer team. And um, pretty much the, the consequence to breaking any of the rules was this thing we called 1098. And um, it was the cheerleaders having to do a series of jumps and toe touches, and they had to do 10 in a row with a brief break, and then nine in a row, and then eight in a row, all the way down to one jump. So you can imagine, it didn't take many times breaking a rule for a cheerleader to not want to break a rule because they didn't want to do 10 on eight. And it got to be quite comical because if a cheerleader would come into practice late, the, her peers, her squad members would go, don't be late, 10 on eight. So, you know, it, um, they, they pretty much monitored themselves. I also, you know, along those lines, um, didn't believe in captains um, because I think probably a female peer trying to direct their peers is the worst duty that you can put on um, a student athlete. And so I had senior leaders and the senior leaders um, had a team of under, uh, underclassmen um, and each week that they were designated to be the senior leader, uh, they had all the duties of set up for game and things like that. So it wasn't a privilege where they were, you know, getting a hall pass. They were actually leading the team of getting everything done. And so from that, I was able to see the true leaders develop because a lot of times we all know that the captains tend to be the loudest or the um, most popular on the team and not really a good leader. And, and so it was really an, an opportunity to, to see leadership potential and to, to grow that leadership potential. Because one of the responsibilities that, that the um, cheerleader had to do as a team leader or senior leader that week was um, lead in an inspiration for the team um, to try to guide them and, and um, keep our morale up. Yeah, I, I agree 100% on the the captains thing. Uh, I would tell parents, you know, how come you don't have captains? And I go, the kids know who the leaders are. You know, we can see it. Uh, we'd also try to give um, and create opportunities for leadership to individuals and groups. But uh, no, I, I'm right there with you on that. And my coaches that used demerits, they were great coaches. It, it, mm -hmm. They made it work for them. It was just, uh, I, I just thought it was kind of unusual. I said, boy, you know, my wrestling coach, my basketball coach, they're really mm -hmm. missing out if they're not doing demerits. So, well, anyway. and, and Jake, you know, they're using, they're doing demerits too. They just call it um, something else. It's, it's right. not a point yeah. system, you know, yeah. it's, it's take it out of the high. Yeah. Um, and, and that to me is, is a lot more impactful, um, with, with our student athletes, right. um, certainly. Well, and the, you, the other thing I didn't do as a cheer coach that was pretty typical is, is hire judges. I chose my own squad and defended oh. my decisions. And, you know, uh, again, I really tried to liken cheerleading to how all the other sports are run. 
instead of being an island out there on our own. No, and you're 100% right on that. I put an end to that at each school I showed up. Hey, I'm paying you to direct this program, not mm -hmm. Mrs. Smith or Mr. Jones. You know, right. you're picking your team. Uh, very good. Okay. Um, we spent a lot of time on this, but it was very good stuff. Our guest today is Kelly Smith, certified athletic administrator and the athletic coordinator for Henry County Schools in Georgia. We're going to take a break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to the good folks at SnapRaise. Go to snapraise.com and see how their fundraising platform can help you. Our coaches use SnapRaise, and it was just great. Uh, we got away from those fundraising headaches. There wasn't any upfront cost. Uh, there was no selling or uh, you know inventory, and it worked. Uh, it, our coaches raised thousands of dollars using SnapRaise. Choosing the best fundraiser for your school is critical, and you can put the SnapRaise digital fundraising difference to work for you. It's easy, it's safe, and like I said, it's effective. Go to snapraise.com and check out the thousands and thousands of dollars that they've helped schools just like yours raise using SnapRaise. Choosing the right fundraising game plan is critical, and you should start a fundraiser that works for you. Go to snapraise.com and get started. Welcome back, everyone. Once again, our guest is Kelly Smith. She's a certified athletic administrator from Henry County in Georgia. Kelly, we always like to give our guests an opportunity to uh, give a shout out to the mentors that they've had in their life. Uh, none of us get where we're at on our own. Uh, the expression that I always use is, I still hear those voices in my head. So uh, do you have any voices that you hear? Well, you know, taking taking it back to to my um, comments about how I got involved in, um, you know, the Friday Night Lights experience as a, a manager and a trainer. That's Coach Pete Valentino. Um, again, he you know had the um, gall, if you will, to walk into cheerleading tryouts and pluck me out of there and tell me, um, quite frankly, that I didn't need to be a cheerleader. I didn't want to be a cheerleader. In fact. The irony in that is, no, I was never a cheerleader, but I coached cheerleader for 30 years. So, you know, we we bloom where we're planted, right? Um, and, and and we we don't always know what our path is going to be. So, um, so Coach Val, um, just beloved by by all um, of the students that he mentored. Um, I keep in touch with him to this day. Um, just a, a remarkable human that just saw something in me and believed in me. Um, the next head coach um, that came in, Keith Harper, did the same. Um, just really taught me a lot of things. And, and I had a high school teacher, uh, Janie Page, um, that, that just took me to places I had no idea that I was even going. Um, along with my, my, my youth um, director, um, just a very impactful person. And then along the line, professionally, my very first principal, the one that hired me to be cheer coach, that really did shape my career tremendously. And I do think being a cheer coach um, transitioned me well, like I said, into being an athletic administrator. Howard Henley, um, remarkable at the things that he would share with me. And, you know, as a 22-year-old high school teacher, um, he, he really did um, mold me into the educator that, that I became, and I'm thankful for that. And my most recent principal, uh, Ryan Meeks, um, he taught me probably one of the best skills 
for my AD uh, position, and that is knowing when to say when, knowing when to just let it go. You know, uh, there are things that, that you're just not going to see eye to eye on, and he has the best demeanor in, in just knowing when uh, not to stand on that hill. Just walk, walk away, move along. It's, it's not going to change your life. Um, so I, I appreciate that greatly. And I have to give a, a shout out to my good buddy, Don Baker. He's my spirit animal um, in, in the athletic world because of the fact that we think a lot alike in, um, in innovation and, and also recognizing our athletes and our coaches and our, our athletic directors and the work that they do. And, and he and I are constantly sharpening each other's um, tool, tool bag to, to make sure that, that we're doing all that we can do. Uh, I just love it when people share mentors from their youth and growing up and mentors from their current position. It, it just it speaks to, I think, to what athletic directors do is, you know, we help each other out. And, uh, you know, Don Baker, uh, one of the real, you know, inspirations for me starting this podcast, you know, uh, he and Josh had me on their podcast uh, a few years ago. Uh, um, you know, we had done some cool things at our school and, uh, they were just so professional and so welcoming. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the timing is right. You talk about the timing. Um, uh, I was just coming on board as the president of our state association in Florida. And I said, I could do this for our Florida ADs. And now, you know, two years later, it's, you know, blossomed, you know, nationwide, mm -hmm. worldwide. So uh, appreciate you giving Don a shout out. And you We're mentioned listening. Josh as well. So um, <laughs> Josh actually reached out to me when this position that I'm in vacated and said, I know you're going to apply. So Josh was, was a driving force behind me applying for the position because I did, I applied for this position um, in year 31 of my career. So, um, you know, could, could have and in in the year of COVID. So you know when we were shut down and and all the things and and recreating policy and what have you. So um, a nod to to Josh as well for encouraging me to to take on this this role. Yeah, once again, that's what athletic directors do. Great job uh, for our listeners. Our guest is Kelly Smith. She's a certified athletic administrator. And she's the athletic coordinator, the Henry County School District in Georgia. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thank you to Huddle for their support of the podcast. Go to huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports. With over 200,000 teams across 40 different sports, Huddle has your video and analytics questions covered. Once again, go to huddle.com and see how high schools, clubs, colleges, and even the pro teams are using video and analytics to help their teams play better. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years, but as an athletic director, we were a Huddle school, and our coaches just loved the uh, software, the mobile apps, the smart cameras that they could program themselves, and of course, there was video and analytics, but there's so much more. Go to huddle.com and see how they can help you in your program. Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. With over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches of the college teams, you're trying to get to recruit them. Go to huddle.com and see how they can help your school become a Huddle school. That's huddle.com. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Kelly, uh, you and I have been doing this for a few years, uh, <laughs> but we have a lot of listeners who are younger ADs at the beginning of their journey. And I think it's important for us to share the journey that we are on uh, continually with regards to our state association and the NIAAA. So share a little bit. How did you first find out about the Georgia Association and uh, tell us about your NIAAA journey? Well, you know, again, I go back to um, something I shared um, earlier in our conversation about um, joining forces with with some other coaches in the state of Georgia to, to form the Georgia Tier Coaches Association back in the early 90s, um, because we saw a need for networking and education and um, just bettering one another. And so any um, level, any um, engagement that I've had in my career, I want to connect right away with, with that state organization, um, whatever that may be, uh, so that I can better myself. Um, I was very fortunate to have um, a leader um, when I was a, a school athletic director at the county level, uh, Dr. Kurt Miller, who put an emphasis on us joining the GADA and um, being involved in that. And so I, I did. I joined right away and went to the state conference um, as a school AD um, and, you know, saw the, the value in um nominating kids for the state level uh, scholarship that goes on, you know, to the national competition and, and really just try to engage with all the opportunities that that state association provides. Um, so, you know, got involved with that. And then my, my career took another little turn and I became an assistant principal, um, not ready to give up my, my full athletic duties um, and responsibilities. And so I held on to um, being the person that organized the, the scholarship nominations and um, designating the school winners um, and, and being connected with the GADA in that way and still attending the conference um, to um, be recognized those, for those kids' recognition. And then um, also continue to work with the Student Athlete Advisory Council that um, we had created for our school. Um, so that moved to me right back in in this role, getting back heavily involved in the state association and um, getting on a committee. And um, they asked me to teach a workshop at the state conference last year. And um, now I'm just doing whatever they asked me to do. Yeah, again, you touch on a very important point um, about taking the initiative and getting involved because every organization, whether it's you know local in-state sport committees or the AD association, even at the national, they're looking for people to help out. Uh, they survive because of their volunteers. So uh, good for you for reaching out and making that happen. Uh, you and I were talking a little bit about, you know, you're currently a CAA, but you're nearing, uh, you know, that CMAA uh, level. What's your project going to be about, uh, you know, share a little bit about that process. Um, well, you know, I, I was certain that my project was going to be and probably will be, um, you know, revolving around the Student Athlete Advisory Council. You know, as I mentioned, I created one at um, Union Grove High School when I was an AD in the school. And then when I got to the district level and, and what do we get into education for as educators? 
we get in it for the kids. It's, it's that interaction with kids. And so when I got to the district office, of course, I'm surrounded by adults. And I love my coworkers and I love all of my ADs that I have the um, good fortune of working with. But I always find a path back to the kids. And so each of my 10 high schools um, have sent me representatives, two representatives from their, from their school to serve on the, the district-wide Student Athlete Advisory Council. And so just getting in there and getting those kids, um, finding out what's going on in their schools, how they can better support um, sport, sport within the schools, how we can do a better job at the district level. And, and we're even, we have an involvement at the state level by attending um, the state uh, student leadership conference. So I'm sure that my project will um, revolve around that. Um, we were talking mentors a, a few moments ago, and um, I can't leave out Dr. Jim Wright. Had the um, great fortune of meeting him several years back. And, um, you know, we've been connected ever since. And he asked me to join his team in um, uh, LTC course development. So we're currently engaged with that. We actually present at the summit um, mini presentation of our new course as part of the development process. Um, and, I, you know, just in talking with him, um, listening to his involvement with the, the national and the state, his state organization in New York, um, just always learning from him. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, like we mentioned, getting involved, being involved, don't just be a member, don't just pay your dues. What, you know, you're always going to benefit from the involvement. You're going to meet people that are better than you, that you can learn from constantly, and it's going to challenge you to to sharpen your your skills and your craft. Um, and I, I was recently called by Rich Barton and asked to teach a workshop at National. So I'm super excited about that and um, looking forward to that. Well, you, you mentioned a couple of giants there, Jim Wright. I've known Jim for years. We actually, uh, we're going to get him on the podcast here in, uh, I think, next month. Uh, but no, Jim's great. And Rich Barton, uh, he was the lead instructor on the new, um, it was new last year, uh, 716 partnering with parents class that I was very fortunate to be part of the authorship team with, you know, great, great stuff. And your CMA project um, or potential project, uh, I think a lot of schools, a ton of schools, uh, ours certainly did, had student athlete advisory committees at the, the building level. Uh, I've really only heard of one other situation like you described, doing it at a district level. Uh, there's a conference up in uh, Washington, uh, you know, several schools got together and, and had that uh, representatives form a conference advisory committee with students. Great idea. I, I'd love to see that, you know, take shape. Um, once again, for our listeners, our guest is Kelly Smith. She's a certified athletic administrator. She's the district coordinator of athletics for Henry County Schools in Georgia. Also uh, uh, taking on a national presence, uh, going to be presenting at this year's NADC in Nashville. We're going to take another break. I know that's a shock to our regular listeners, but uh, we want to acknowledge our sponsors. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support of the podcast. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. It's so easy, even I can do it. We use Gipper for our podcast announcements. If you're watching this on YouTube, my backdrop is a Gipper template. Go to Gipper.com, mention that you heard about it on the podcast, and use the code AD. 
ADPOD10, that's ADPOD10, and get 10% off. Go to Gipper.com and start creating custom branded content for your school's social media channel. That's Gipper.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Kelly, one of the things that we try to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot. What are some things that you all do in your district or maybe at other schools you've been at that you would consider best practices? Uh, can you share some with us? Well, you know, to sum it up very, very um, shortly, um, you got to show up and show out. You know, your, your community needs to know who you are. Um, you need to be the face of athletics in, in your school. And there are multiple ways to do that, to establish yourself in and among your student athletes, your parents, your community, um, just so that they know, um, form a relationship with you. You're gonna um, lessen a lot of the, the worries that you might have if you are someone that is known um, to be available and, um, you know, present. And so, you know, that's a best practice overall. You know, like I said, show up and show out. Just, just really, and have fun with your kids. If, when you're having fun with the kids and the kids connect with you, that's going to give you a hall pass when you make those parents mad. And you will. You will make parents mad. It is part of the leadership role that you serve because every parent has a scenario in their minds that works out perfectly for their child. They're not considering the other members of that team, nor are they uh, considering the other teams in your program. So, you know, you have to be able to, to help them to understand um, the big picture. And sometimes that means listening to them. So, you know, being that presence that um, is identifiable. Um, a lot of times I go to an event and I see an AD head down just task mastering, you know, checking those boxes and they're missing those opportunities to create those relationships that truly will enhance that educational experience, not only for the child, but for the, the parents as part of that organization as well. After all, they're the team behind the team. We want them to be on our team. Um, so, you know, that connectivity piece is very important. Um, our ADs are doing a fabulous job around the district with that. We see a lot of activity on social media. We resource, right? Um, we also have newsletters that go out. Um, schools are doing that where they're highlighting and spotlighting. Um, again, the recognition piece is huge. Um, you are going to gain support from your community when they see that constant flow of recognitions of um, student athletes and coaches. Your coaches are going to feel more empowered and they're also going to feel more appreciated. Let's face it, the job that they do can be thankless and they can um, receive a lot of criticism um, for them sacrificing their their own time and families and, and things to be with other people's children. So all of those things are, are in good practice and we encourage those across the district um, with Student Athlete of the Month, with recognitions, coaches, um, but you know, also morale boosters in general, um, just noticing the little things um, to, to make the big things better. Um, that, that's gonna go a long way. Um, again, the student athlete voice, um, we have those student athlete um, advisory councils in all 10 of our high schools. My goal would be to extend those down to our middle schools as well. 
um, that, you know, in, in the first years of, of my work in this position, I wanted to get those high schools strongly established and, and really give those kids voice. Um, and kids are so much fun to listen to. They tell you the truth. It, when you can get them in a small group, they, they will tell you what's going on. Um, and it, it helps uh, me be a better leader to my athletic directors that are out there in the schools so that they can be better leaders and, um, and supports for their coaches. And that's going to be benefit our kids. So, you know, just that connectivity piece, anything that um, can increase your presence in the community um, is a good practice and, and must be explored. And yeah, it's the extra things, but those little tiny little incremental things make us better every day. And again, it goes back to those relationships. So all of those things are good practices. Oh, absolutely. Um, and uh, there's a theme running through those things. You, know, you Obviously, it was about the kids. You talked about making those connections. And then you spoke about that overall community uh, that's so important. That A lot of times a head coach, uh, and especially a parent, they're not going to see that, you know, hey, this there's a bigger picture. You know, yes, your kid's important. Yes, your team's important. But, you know, we're doing this for the department. Very cool stuff. Um, Kelly, if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit more, we'll do this at the end of the podcast too. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you? And um, send me an email. Um, I always love to hear from people because if you ask me for a suggestion, chances are I'm going to ask you for one back. And so I, I always learn from those relationships. In fact, that's how Don and I first um, became um, uh, known to one another. He saw something that I posted on Twitter. He sent me an email and asked me about it. And then I started picking his brain and, and we still do that back and forth. So email is um, Kelly. Um, dot Smith, and that is Kelly with an I, dot Smith, um, at Henry, dot K, one, two, dot GA, dot US. Okay, Kelly Smith, thanks, uh, you know, for sharing some best practices. Uh, we're not done yet. We're going to take another break, but we'll be back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they are on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards for all your teams, for all your sports, as well as a great way to uh, display your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Their interactive touchscreen consoles and library of templates will help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive. Their indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to get started. 
Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Kelly Smith, Certified Athletic Administrator. Kelly, one of our questions we've been asking almost since the beginning of the podcast has to do with this idea of uh, toughness. A uh, hundred years ago, when I was in high school, uh, our coaches would say things like, come on, Jake, you got to be tough, or come on, Jake, you got to suck it up. And, and we kind of knew what they meant. Um, since then, uh, we have found much better ways to communicate to student athletes. Uh, but I still think that toughness is an important component of sports and of life. So here's my question. How can an athletic director or a coach help a kid to develop toughness while also being uh, aware of and sensitive to the very real challenges that uh, a Generation Z kid is experiencing that I never had to go through? Uh, do you have any advice for us? Well, Jake, you mentioned, you know, being an athlete um, and a longtime athletic um, director. And so, you know, that we do things differently than we did. Again, I referenced earlier that, you know, as a football manager, I painted lockers in the summer. I painted the sled. You know, I, I don't know that we would ask kids to do things like that in, um, in today's world. Um, <clears throat> the, the relationships were just different the things that you could do, um, right down to just transporting your athletes um, personally. You know, I mean, there's a lot of, of no-nos in our world today um, for the protection of both parties that, um, that we didn't even think about, you know, the things that we did early in our careers um, that, that parents just trusted us a little bit differently. It was it's just a very different world. So, um, all that said, it's it's funny. Um, I go back to to when you know you and I are, are similar in age, probably um, being out there on that football field, and lightnings popping all around. And as long as it wasn't popping on the field, we were good to go. You know, we weren't gonna we weren't putting that equipment up. We weren't going anywhere. We we're gonna keep right on. And so we've been embroiled in this kind of you know old timers um, discussion with George Southern alumni because you know. Those OGs, football players, were a little offended by the fact that so much effort and money is going into building an indoor practice facility because, goodness gracious, they practiced in the rain all the time. You know, what they don't understand is, um, you know, just the differences in the way that we manage our game and practice environments now and that lightning detection being a, a big part of it, that it's not so much about the rain but it's about lightning being in the area and us having um, those devices that we monitor that lightning and things of that nature. So, so sometimes, yes, the older generation can think that we're creating um, a generation of softer kids when really um, it's just different um, regulations that we're following. And, and so we have to be very careful in our, oper our operations to, um, to maintain the integrity of, of those things. So all that said, you know, we, we, we have what we have now, and I believe more than ever, um, you have to connect before you can correct. So that, that it goes all back to the relationship. So, you know, as you as an athlete, as me as an athlete, a coach that we had a relationship with, get away with saying things that another person that we didn't have a relationship with just couldn't do. Um, you know, we we took it internally if it was that coach that we didn't want to disappoint. We didn't want to let him down. And so we worked harder. Um, we did the things that we know we knew we had to do. And, and we took that as encouragement, not punishment. And that's the that's the lens. Um, and the only way to establish that 
lens is through building the relationship first. You know, we get this group of kids, we, we herd them up, we call them a team, and then we start barking out instruction. So the only way to, to build that trust and, and to build that connection is to truly um, engage with that, that student athlete. I used to tell parents all the time, perspe the perspective and perception are so very important in athletics. I could be watching a kid develop and, and just pushing and pushing and pushing and, and just see that I was just at, at that mark where we were about to make a break, break, breakthrough and leave a practice going, yeah, that kid is finally getting there. And that kid goes home and tells their parent, my coach hates me. Look at the difference in, the, in that uh, perspective. The kid thinks the coach hates them. The coach is like, yes, I'm, I'm getting somewhere with that kid. Couldn't be a bigger divide. And so I would say to parents, if your kid comes home and says, my coach hates me or I hate my coach, to encourage your child to speak directly with their coach. Don't call the coach, don't email the coach, get the kid to speak directly with the coach. Hey coach, what is it that, that you need me to do more of? What do I need to do less of? How can I best improve? Those simple conversations, um, you know, will take away that grudge that starts to develop when it's really just a miscommunication. And so, you know, the other part of that is if you have to, you know, get tough on a kid and, and really hammer down on them at practice, make sure that you connect with them later and, right. and tell them why. If you weren't able to tell them why in the moment, tell them why later, have that direct communication. That's gonna develop that toughness. They're gonna understand that what you're doing has purpose. You're not just barking out. You, you, you don't just like to end your day yelling and blowing the whistle hard, you know, that you actually have a purpose and a method to that madness. Because, um, you know, these kids are living in a world where they get in trouble at school, the parent calls the school and accuses the school and tells the kid, don't you let them disrespect you that way, you know, and, and um, the school's on the defensive, the kids are walking around going, well, my mom said. And so the only way around that is to build and develop those relationships so that when you do have to get tough, the child understands why and where you're going with that. It's no different than teaching a lesson. You know, you've got to understand the content that you're supposed to master to be, you know, what is it, where are we going with this to be able to master that content? You have kind of uh, beginning with the end in mind. Again, you hit on so many great points there. Uh, you know, the the expression, you know, kids nowadays, uh, and I, I love the uh, quote, um, it's from Plato from 22,200 years ago, where his um, uh, mentee is complaining about kids today, you know, 2000 years ago, and the kids are still the same, but it's it's the parents, it's the coaches, you know, we, we're the ones that need to adjust. Great, great stuff. Uh, we're going to take another break, but we're going to be at We'll be back with some more from Kelly Smith, our guest, Certified Athletic Administrator. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Final Forms for their support of the podcast. Final Forms is the industry leader in registration and forms, but there's so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility. They uh, have reminders for parents about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. 
Final forms can also help your coaches with things like attendance and communication and even help with their certification management. And for athletic directors, Final Forms can help with eligibility and rosters and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time for you to talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you and your program, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, Kelly, you and I were talking during the break, and um, one of our regular talking points uh, has to do with um, how can an AD do a better job of being socially aware, but you want to take it a step beyond. So, uh, you know, uh, share with our listeners, um, you know, your idea here about social awareness. Well, you know, I think the name of the game in education these days, and, and we are, you know, education-based athletics, you know, we are are seeking to enhance the educational experience with athletic participation. So we always have to be mindful of taking those tools and those tricks from the classroom to our practice fields and our our game environments and and things of that nature. And so, you know, obviously one of our buzzwords is is being intentional. And, um, you know, back in, in in the days, we used to get in the car and we took a trip that we had mapped out on a map, you know, that we had to open up and all that. And, and I can remember the, the um, tremendous, you know, just evolution of travel when you could put in your destination into MapQuest and then you printed out your printed directions. You didn't have to take the big fold out map anymore. And now we plug it into GPS and it tells us turn by turn. So, um, you know, I think that we've progressed educationally in the same manner. We used to have a book and a teacher stood in front of the class and the kid didn't really know where that teacher was going with that. Well, now it's all mapped out and each day there's learning targets and the teacher, you know, tries to follow up culmination at the end of the lesson. You know, this is what you were supposed to learn. Did you learn this? That's no different with um, with us in athletics. Coaches need to be intentional in everything that they do and they need to know their audience um, who is on the team. What are some of the social issues that those kids on that team are facing? And the only way to know that is to develop trust with that child. Because, you know, if you've ever coached, you know that you later found out about an issue or a problem that a child was dealing with and never brought it up. They could compartmentalize. They didn't bring it into practice. But it was pretty monumental, pretty heavy stuff. And so um, they're, they're good at hiding things. We have to be um, very intuitive to see, you know, some changes in our athletes if they occur. Um, perhaps this go-getter athlete that always brings their best and, and arrives early is, is coming in a little bit later. Maybe they're missing some practice. Maybe um, they're just not giving their all. Uh, maybe they seem a little distracted. Instead of keeping on, keeping on, we really need to pause and we need to take the time to do those, those wellness checks to really understand what those kids are bringing in with them. Um, They may um, be pretty well um, engaged in in a typical existence at school, but maybe their best friend isn't. Maybe their best friend's dealing with some things. Maybe a parent or a sibling um, is dealing with some things. They carry that weight as well. So, um, you know, you may observe them uh, in and among their peers and feel like there's nothing wrong with that child, but they may be carrying a heavy load of someone they love 
um, that's that's being carried by them all the same. And you know, our kids today have so much pressure. They are literally under the microscope um, at all times. Um, sometimes they put themselves there a little more than they should because they can't do those childhood pranks and, and silly things and just do it with their buddies that are present. They have to record it and then they have to post it or share it or, or whatever. And, and that can cause some problems. Um, but just by and large, I had a conversation recently with um, some, some coaches and athletic directors about the social media aspects. I always try to look at social media as the positive things and use it for positive but, you know, it saddened me last spring when I saw some senior football players that were posting videos still of, you know, highlight films and, and, and their, their posts began with um, still uncommitted. You know, so sad that the culmination of their career that probably started as what I call a bobblehead, you know, a little five, six-year-old putting on a helmet. They just run around and barely hold up their helmets and shoulder pads. Um, all the way to their senior year, and they didn't get an offer to play in college. Well, their percentage is so low of kids that do get an offer to play in college, but this child, instead of celebrating the success of this long career and what that means to just be committed and balance that load of school and home and, and practice and all the things, instead of celebrating that, they feel like a failure because they were uncommitted because they didn't get an offer. And so, you know, those pressures of our athletes, the things that they carry, um, you know, just in and around and, and all the things, you know, uh, gender identity and, and, you know, the pressures of that, um, the pressures to go to that right college, you know, schools are putting it on the bulletin board where you, you are going to college and you feel like a failure if you didn't get accepted to that particular college. There's just so much um, that they carry. And, Everything that we dealt with relationship-wise in, in a natural form and development begins so much earlier now. You know, kids have access to the World Wide Web in their hands, and they can see anything and everything at any time. And, you know, from FOMO and all the things, and if you don't know what FOMO is, that fear of missing out, um, there's there's just so many um, pressures on them. And so we have to be intentional about having those relationships and stopping and, and having um, set times that we talk in and amongst our, our um, athletes to find out what's going on in their world, not how they're performing on the field, not how they're performing in the classroom, but what is going on in the other aspects of their world. And, and that will go a long way to build that trust and that safe space where they can open up. Yeah, Kelly, the, the common theme for me in, in today's visit with you is, has really been um, that you've shared uh, has been relationships and just the the importance of building those relationships, obviously with kids, uh, but with staff, with parents, uh, with administrators, with community. Really appreciate you sharing that. So important. A great reminder for all of us. Um and this has been really cool. Uh, I can't believe our paths haven't crossed, uh, you know, being so close, but uh, we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. And you're certainly a veteran AD, very knowledgeable AD, uh, but uh, we're going to take a break. We're going to hear from uh, Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, who sponsor our AD toolbox segment. And when we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things 
in their toolbox. So we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Kelly Smith is going to put into her new athletic director toolbox. Please stay with us. We want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you as an athletic director to improve your entire program. We use surveys at my schools for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for kids, and for parents. And the information that came back was almost always over the top positive, and it'll probably be the same for you. But the surveys also allowed that squeaky wheel parent to vent a little bit, and many times they'd share a, a small concern that you could address and keep it from turning into a big concern because you didn't know about it because you hadn't done a survey. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your student athletes or your parents, you're really missing out. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com and get started. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Let them help you bring your athletic program from good to great. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. It's that time. Uh, we've been visiting with Kelly Smith, Certified Athletic Administrator and the Athletic Coordinator at the Henry County School System in McDonough, Georgia. Uh, Kelly, uh, we've already established, you know, you're a, a leader at the, the local, the state, and now the national level. But uh, right now, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new AD on their very first job. What three tools are you going to put in their athletic director toolbox? Um, the, the three tools are, are words, and they, they have meaning behind the words. So um, the first one is grace. Um, and, and it is just as it sounds. You have to give yourself grace. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to rethink um, a, a situation and wish you had done it differently. And, and what I can say to you about that grace is, you know, have grace and give grace. Um, you, you will have to give grace as well. Sometimes you're going to have to shut your door, um, take a deep breath, um, process something, and, and just know that, you know, in that grace, um, in that space of grace, um, you may have to um, ask forgiveness. Um, you may have to say to someone, pause, um, let me get the answer to that. Don't think that everybody expects you to be um, the walking encyclopedia of answers because each situation presents a little bit differently. And, um, you know, you, you just get, are going to have to know um, that it's it's going to take time to develop who you are. Um, we talked about mentors, and they're very important, um, you know, of course. Um, so those relationships that you've built prior, the ones that you build will help you to to give yourself grace and always in spending time with others that are that are in like roles. Um, you, you see yourself a little bit differently. Um, but but do take take time to develop in in that way and give yourself um, the freedom to to learn from your own past mistakes. Um, the second one would be to grow. I can't emphasize this enough. Um, you know, I'm that forever student who is always going to know that today I can learn something new. Um, and the best way to do that is to surround yourself with people that know more than you do, that have more experience than you have. Um, 
And experience doesn't just come in years. Um, experience can come in situations and, um, you know, in effort. And so it's not always the veteran that helps you to grow the most. Sometimes those veterans can be kind of jaded and negative in the work that they do. And you have to be very careful to steer clear of those type people. So in your efforts to grow, you're going to connect with your state association. Um, you're going to connect nationally. You're going to attend conferences. Every opportunity that you have to grow, you have to look at it as an opportunity to grow someone else. And the best leaders are constantly developing new leaders. You don't want to be the boss. You want to be the one that people want to be like because of the way that you treat them, because of the way that you are constantly seeking improvement yourself and the way that you roll up your sleeves and you, you get down and dirty with them to get the job done. That's gonna help you grow and it's gonna help other people grow as well. And then the, the third one is give. You want to give. You want to give to kids. You want to give to your coaches. You want to give to your community. And in, in modeling that giving, that giving back um, and being a servant's leader, um, you're going to garner support from your community. You're going to garner respect um, from your coworkers, um, your parents, your student athletes. Um, my way of, um, my primary way of giving is um, is always way more beneficial to me. Um, when I give, I always get more in return. Isn't it funny how that works? Um, I walk away just feeling so good um, about an effort to make someone else's day. And <clears throat> my one of my favorite quotes is, those who bring sunshine into the lives of others cannot keep it from themselves. And that's so, so true. And to give credit to James Berry, who actually said that. Um, but, but giving, giving of yourself, um, but, but being cautious in that giving that you're not spreading yourself too thin and that you're giving quality. You're not just giving time, that you're actually giving something quality to somebody um, and spend time with those kids. Um, don't let them just be names on a roster. Get to know them and, um, and you'll get more out of them as well when they feel like they have a relationship with you. Take the time, take the selfie, the group selfie, turn your camera around, get the kids behind you. I love being on your social media, build those relationships, have fun. So you're, you're, you know, grace, grow, give. Wow. What a, what a great set of, uh, of tool suggestions. Very cool. Not a surprise uh, after having listened to you, uh, you know, these past, uh, you know, several minutes. Uh, Kelly Smith, uh, thanks so much for being on the podcast. One more time, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit. And listeners, I really think you should. What's the best way they can get a hold of you? They can email me, and that is Kelly with an I, K L L I dot Smith at Henry dot K12 dot GA dot US. Or you can find me on Twitter, and that is Kelly W Smith 21. I'm writing that. Love Twitter to hear down. from you guys because, like I said, I'm always going to get something out of you. If you reach out to me, I'm going to pick your brain as well. All right. Well, again, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Uh, all the best. Uh, continue this fall. Uh, sounds like you're going to be in Indianapolis uh, this weekend for state coordinators. Uh, first one I'm going to miss in a long time, uh, but definitely going to seek you out at uh, the NADC in Nashville. Thanks again for being on. Thank you. I've enjoyed it very much. For our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of each interview 
get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to today's episode. Uh, before we go, we do want to recognize our two partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports and We Coach. These are two great organizations for athletic directors, particularly promoting uh, women coaches and women ADs, but uh, men certainly uh, welcome, welcome to get involved and become allies. Uh, go to globalcommunityofwomeninsports.org and check out wecoachsports.org for more information. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast. Mm-hmm.